0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the KASB, The Advocacy Podcast for Friday, March 24th, 2023. I'm Leah Fleiter and I'm joined by my colleague, Scott Rothschild, and our producer, Alec Mandrigal. Thanks, everybody, for being here, and let's just, uh, let's get started. So yesterday, Scott, the the Kansas House of Representatives approved its version of a K-12 education budget bill on a seventy-five to forty-eight vote, can you can you kind of run through for us what's in the bill, what isn't, and you know what comes next?
1: Yeah, certainly. Thank you, Leah. Um, basically, the bill uh, would include funding for K through twelve schools for the next school year, but it ties uh, to the funding several provisions that education advocates find problematic. It also fails to provide an increase for special ed and it removes increases for teacher professional development, teacher mentoring, and a program that's very popular uh, called uh, Parents as Teachers. Uh, The bill also includes a parent portal that was inserted into the bill in committee uh, and it was done without a public hearing and KASB believes school districts provide parents with information and uh, are always trying to uh, improve partnerships with parents. The portal is very uh, didactic, and in, in, in it would require uh, districts to list uh, by grade level uh, adopted curriculum, including textbooks, required reading books, units of study by theme, chapters, subject matters, title, author, publishing company, year of publication. You know. Uh, it, it's an exhaustive list at, at, that we think is unnecessary because we believe uh, schools uh, provide much of this information and and any parent who calls a teacher or emails hey what's my kid do they'll get a response so we think this is uh, just an overreach by the legislature it would also this bill would also allow non-public school students to participate in any activities offered by the school district if the student is a resident of the school district there were some amendments proposed on the floor of the House uh, to uh, fund uh, uh, Narcan. Uh, the, to, this is to address uh, opioid problems, extend the high density at-risk waiting for 2025, a very important uh, waiting for many of our districts that provides uh, tens of millions of dollars. Uh, it would. There was an amendment to provide a special education increase like we have been uh, advocating for the entire session. And all of these amendments were rejected and they were rejected by the carrier of the bill, Representative Christy Williams, who is the chair of the K-12 Education Budget Committee. So not a good bill uh, that uh, in our point of view, and uh, it's just kind of one of many (laughs) that are coming (laughs) down the pike. And I know, uh, uh, you know, speaking of not so good bills, uh, Monday, uh, there will be an important House-Senate Conference Committee that will start meeting. And I know Leah will be looking at that very closely. And uh, Leah, I think you have the details on, yeah, on what's going on in I that I do. Conference Thanks committee. for that,
0: Scott. Yeah, so Monday is when the House and Senate negotiators start to, to go mano a mano on Senate Bill 83, which is a bill that combines education savings account vouchers, special education funding and a teacher raise that they you don't really get the extra money, but you have to give teachers a raise. And um, this, this is this is gonna be two versions of Senate Bill 83. So bear with me while I walk you through it real quick. The Senate version is an expansion of the existing tuition tax credit program for low income students. It increases the eligibility from low-income students to students from families with income levels that are 400 percent of the federal poverty level. That's much greater than previous uh, levels. It increases the tax credit a a taxpayer could claim to $100,000, and that tax credit is currently at 70 percent of your donation, but the bill would increase it to 75 percent. So a taxpayer could Donate one hundred thousand dollars to a tuition tax credit scholarship voucher and get a seventy-five percent tax write-off. Current law is at seventy percent of that um, of that donation, so that's an issue there. So that bill passed the Senate, and it was um, it passed on kind of a um, a tepid vote, right, Scott? I think there were about twenty-two yes votes of the forty senators, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't seem like there was a lot of support for these these types of vouchers in the Senate. But uh, the bill headed over to the House, and the House version uh, went to, of course, the K-12 Education Budget Committee, and they gutted Senate Bill 83 tuition tax credits and implemented a different voucher program, which is education savings accounts. That program when it's finally implemented after a phase in would allow students who are at up to 600% of the poverty level to participate in what you know what typically is um is described as a as a a chance for low income students to escape poor performing schools but there's no accountability to it so i think in this in this case scott help me remember what it, i think a family of four with an income of $180,000 would be eligible for a voucher for private or homeschool expenses. Mm -hmm. So that's quite a bit, that's certainly not um, a high wealth family, but it's certainly not low income either. So it really, it's it's certainly expanding the reach of the program. The bill also includes a one-year $72 million increase for special education funding. We've talked about that almost every week on this podcast we support that increase. The governor in her budget proposal this year uh, called for a five-year phase-in at $72 million a year. So that's good. The bill also dictates how teacher pay raises will be handled. This gets a little bit wonky, but um, it says that uh, school districts uh, that receive their Gannon inflationary increase this year would have to use 50% of that increase to or teacher pay raises, and Scott, we've heard from superintendents and others that that this is problematic, right? I mean, it's not that not that anyone opposes giving teachers a pay raise, but it's the way it's presented in the bill, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, this would depart from the way we operate schools. Uh, you know, school districts assess at the end of the you know at the end of the year what their needs are, uh, what specific things they need to purchase or buy, and then they negotiate with teachers a pay raise. And this would uh you know take that entire ability to assess needs and 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 wants and and force districts to uh, to handle teacher pay raises in this manner so uh, 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 an extreme departure from the way we operate schools right now,
0: yeah, and I've had some superintendents tell me you know if if this were to take effect, okay, I could I would be forced to give teachers a raise and I I want to give teachers a raise, but it would prevent us from giving any kind of salary adjustments to anybody else. Paras, that's right, bus drivers, you know, librarians, lunch, lunch ladies, you know, all you know, all the other people who are also very important to our school districts. And so so that's that's problematic. And so this is a tactic that uh is common in the legislature. You know, you you have a good one or two good pieces of the bill and you tie it to a bad bill to try to get the bad bill through. So so we, uh, we oppose both of those versions of Senate Bill 83, whether it's a tuition tax credit voucher or an education savings account voucher, and we oppose bundling those bills with school funding. So we will be keeping an eye on that conference committee that starts meeting on Monday. Uh, and I would recommend folks uh, pay attention to our social media because that's really kind of the the best and quickest way that we can push that information out. We go to the conference committee and we just kind of live tweet what's going on. So so that, that starts on Monday. And then uh, we are also following other bills that were advanced out of committees uh, this past week. For example, uh, the House Education Committee approved a bill on Thursday, House Bill 2427. Uh, we're just going to call it the Overnight Accommodations Bill the bill would require a school district to have a policy that says that on overnight school trips, so, you know, people have to stay in a hotel room, transgender students would have to room with students who share the same birth gender. So we oppose this bill. Uh, we, we stated in our testimony that school districts are already addressing this issue on a case-by-case basis, a district-by-district basis. And uh, we really feel that the state legislature doesn't need to get involved in, uh, in implementing a, a state law for something that can be handled locally and is being handled locally. Scott, what do you, what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, uh, the Senate Education Committee is also working on its version of that overnight accommodations bill. And uh, it's also working on a measure that kind of cropped up just recently, uh, Senate Bill 304. And this regards the review of school closures, so, you know, uh, school boards uh, sometimes have uh, the uh, uh, unhappy task of uh, closing schools because of shifting population or declining enrollment, and these are never uh, or seldom popular decisions. They they usually draw a lot of people, and so uh, there, there was an instance where a school was closed, and now uh, these folks uh, brought their uh, uh, concerns to the legislature, and they uh, propose a bill that would uh, provide uh, folks who oppose these school closures to uh, be able to appeal to the State Board of Education, and then to eventually, uh, if they don't get the result that they want, uh, eventually appeal to a court. Uh, you know, KASB does not think this bill is necessary. Uh, we support our school boards. We know our school boards. You know, the, these are these are very difficult decisions, and we know our school boards uh, vet the information. Uh, they labor over the information, and uh, you know they their decisions uh, should be final. So anyway, this is this is an attempt to kind of get another to to be able to appeal school board decisions. Originally, this bill would have allowed any resident of a district unhappy with a closure to seek the state review, and uh, there was an amendment. Uh, brought by Senator Brenda Brenda Dietrich, a Republican from Topeka, uh, yesterday that removes from the bill this judicial review uh, process. It would require a petition of registered voters in order to get a review by the State Board of Ed, and it speeds up this review process. So, you know, I think Senator Dietrich is trying to uh, address uh, some of our concerns, and uh, she is trying to address the concerns of these people who came before the committee. So uh, the committee is still working on that. It will probably advance a bill, so this is something we will be following. Another bill uh, we've been following is, uh, hey, guess what? There's another voucher plan in the legislature. Uh, If the two versions of Senate Bill 83 weren't enough, now we have Senate Bill 128. Uh, This is a homeschool, basically a tax credit for people who homeschool or who whose kids go to uh, non-public schools. It's a basically uh, approximately $5,000 tax credit for these families who attend these non-public and homeschools. Uh, it came out of the Senate tax committee. Uh, again, there's no oversight or regulation of how these students are doing in these non-public school settings uh, as far as academically or just general welfare. So uh, KASB opposes this bill. And we will be following that. Another bill uh, that advanced was uh, House Bill twenty-two thirty-six, and this deals with parental rights. Uh, you have a child in a class; uh, they're reading a certain book. You don't like that book. Uh, well, this bu- this bill would say uh, he he or she doesn't have to read that book. We provide we oppose this bill uh, just flat out because we think. School districts are are able to address this issue already, but we did provide language to the Senate Education Committee uh, that we thought the student needed to be able to have an alternative uh, to whatever book is being uh, disputed. So they did accept that language, which is good, but we still oppose the underlying bill because the legislation puts into law practices uh, that school districts already are doing. So uh, those are some of the bills that we uh, that we were following in the Senate and and uh, the Senate Education Committee and the Senate uh, Tax Committee. So, Leah, we got we got a lot on our plate next week, right? We
0: do. It's going to be very busy, and uh, we're going to be following a lot of uh, monitoring a lot of activities. So, um, again, I think the best way for folks to keep apprised of the situation is to follow us uh, on Twitter uh, at Leah Flyder at S. Rothschild1 and at JF underscore 4. Our colleague John is not on the podcast with us today. He's participating in our leadership class, but he'll be back with us again next week. So as as we've uh, made pretty clear here in today's podcast, we we do see uh, lawmakers trying to attach bad public policy to things that schools need, like general education funding, special ed funding, High density at risk. You know this is this is a common tactic that's used in the legislature, and uh, we all just need to keep communicating, keep keep the lines of communication open, be respectful, and uh, keep talking to legislators about what we really need to do for public schools in Kansas. So I want to uh, thank again our producer Alec Mandrival and my colleague Scott. Uh, it's going to be a busy week uh, next week, so. Uh, We'll have a lot more to talk about next Friday, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks, everybody.